Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So we're wrapping this up. Tonight, what I want to talk to you about in these next 30 minutes, well, 28 minutes or so, is the different ways that we can receive our healing. Now, some of you came up for prayer last week, last Wednesday night. We had a kind of unusual end of the service where uh, something that I'll be discussing with you later, uh, and hopefully I'll be able to give enough detail, enough explanation to kind of like get you to understand and grasp this. What we just experienced is the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now the Holy Spirit's always supernatural, right? And the Holy Spirit's always present in us, and he's, he's in our midst, but there are times when the Holy Spirit, let, it's almost like he goes, I'm here, I'm here, and, and that's, what, that's what we do. Um, well, when we get to the place where I'm going to talk about that, I'll refer back to here tonight, okay? But listen to me. There were some of you that came up and got ministered to, you're going to need to hold on to what you received tonight. I don't know what it is about us Christians. We think when something happens and we receive something from God, that that's it, it's over with, and you don't have to contend for it. You have an enemy that is constantly trying to rob from you. Rob revelation, rob your faith, rob uh, your, your just confidence in God. He's constantly trying to do that. And why we sit back and go into this mode of, oh, I just feel sorry for myself. Shut up. Fight. Don't let them rob from you. If somebody came and robbed your house, especially if they were going to take your TV, you would fight. Like, take my firstborn. Leave the television. Fight. Contend for it. Contend for the faith. Contend for what you believe. Hold on to it. So, we know it was never God's intention for us to be sick. Never God's intention for disease to be part of mankind's experience. We know that. That's a settled issue. Now watch this now. Listen to me closely because I'm going to move fast. You've got to listen fast. Because of his love, he has done everything possible to make sure that we have available to us healing. Now because everybody's not the same, you'll see different types of manifestations. And, and I don't know what it is, but when I use that word, and it's just gone on for a while. When I use the word manifestation, I'm almost afraid that some people don't understand what that means. What is a manifestation? A manifestation is when something that, let's just put it this way, something nebulous, something just like, like a wispy thing, all of a sudden just goes, shh, comes together, and then it manifests. It comes to pass. It comes into reality. It becomes something that you can perceive, something that's tangible, and that's what the power of the Holy Spirit is like. Okay, and we're going to get to a place tonight, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to spend a lot of time with it, but we're going to talk about the part that the supernatural gifts of the Spirit play in receiving our healing. Let, let, me, let me get to these other things here. So because he loves us so much, he didn't just throw one thing, one method at us and say, this is the way. If you, know, if you don't receive it this way, you're not going to get it. To my knowledge, from what I've seen, there is at least six different ways that healing can be received, okay? So number one, anointing with oil, okay? James chapter 5, verse 14, are any of you sick? Now, who is it? the book of James is written to who? 
to believers. I'm going to say it again. It's written to believers. All right? Are any of you sick? It's a valid question. We're living on the earth where there is sickness, there is disease. And if we're not, if we're not constantly, you know, uh, uh, just enforcing the word of God, enforcing the blood of Jesus, you know, sometimes things will attach themselves to you. Amen? So he says, is there, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. Such a prayer offered in faith, I want you to see this here clearly, and, and all right, let me, let me just go through this. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Let me ask you this question. Is it the oil that heals the sick? He said it's the prayer offered in what? Faith. I'm going to ask you again. It's a prayer offered in what? Faith. The prayer of faith heals the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Okay, so what do we have here? And this is why I don't usually go in that direction, and I honestly didn't understand it until I, put, I was researching this material here, because we don't do that a lot here. I don't find God moving me in that direction. And, and today, I kind of got a little bit of a glimpse. It was like, well, you know, we don't really do that much. We don't, the Holy Spirit doesn't lead me to go in that direction much yet here. It's a scriptural thing. But I think I know why. Many of us in our congregation come from predominantly Roman Catholic background. Yes or no? Who, who was raised in the Catholic church? Okay. Okay. And how many, how many Latino families? How many Latino background? Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, in our background, we had a lot of superstition mixed into yes or no? Yes or no? And so what ends up happening is, and I've noticed this in groups of people throughout these 34 years, some people get their eyes on the oil. Yes or no? Come on, you know, you know anoint me with oil. Hey, honey, I could pour a gallon of oil on your head. <laughs> unless you're going to start walking in the Word. Because we want to look to something. So, so we get our eyes on the oil, but the Scripture says... You're anointed with oil, but oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So it's really just symbolic of sealing that individual under the, oh man, under the power of the Holy Ghost. So that then the prayer of faith does what? Heals. You catching this? Don't get your eyes on the stuff. All right. So we know that the oil is also representative, symbolic of the Messiah, in whose name we pray the prayer of faith, okay? So that's one way. Now, we can receive, you can, you know, you can, you can anoint people with oil. A lot of times when maybe we send people to hospitals, a lot of times people do this in hospitals. Um, I don't know why. Number two. I don't have time for all these details tonight, okay? The prayer of agreement, where, where two people, two or more people will come together and, and let me just read you a scripture because I want to make some, I want to emphasize some things here because to, I, I suspect too many times we pray the prayer of agreement thinking it's like a magical, all right. And, and listen, you can't just ask anybody to pray the prayer of agreement with you. All right, Matthew 18, this is Jesus. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
For where, and Victor quoted the scripture just a few minutes ago, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, let's, let's, let me read it real quick again. Again, I say that if two of you do what? Uh-uh, no. Go to verse, verse 19. Verse 19. Again, I say that if two of you do what? Agree. Where? On earth. Concerning what? Anything that they ask. It's gonna, what's going to happen? It will be done for them. But, but look, at the, look, at the, look at the qualifier here. It's not just gathered, just, hey, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Mr. Crossing the Street there, come over here. I need you to pray with me. No, no, no. This can only take place among believers. I'm going to rephrase this. This can only take place among believers who have faith in God. Because if you have faith in God and you, you get with somebody who's in a hope-so stage, you short-circuit this. Now, I'll throw something else at you. This prayer predominantly works. Now, again, let me, let, don't throw stones at me until I get to explain something. This is the most powerful thing among husband and wife. And that's why the enemy comes to bring so much strife and division between husband and wife. Because you short-circuit this thing. Now, it's not only husband, because some of you that are single don't go, well, I, I guess I could never pray this prayer. No. You find somebody who believes the scriptures like you believe the scriptures. Are you listening to me? So you just don't grab anybody and pray the prayer of agreement. Okay, even some of you, even some of you, lower that. We've got icicles on the front row. <laughs> or raise it, I should say. Listen to me. You can't just pray the prayer. Now, many, 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 many years ago, I think it was the first year I was saved. I immediately started attending a Bible school class in the church that I got born again. After the class, it's about 50, 60 people there. After the class, people are milling around. Now, I'm, in fact, Pastor Joy was there. Pastor Joy, you were there. You're going to remember this. Because I remember you were standing right next to me. We didn't know each other that well yet, but you were standing right there. Now, it was the first pastor that I got saved under who now gone home to be with Jesus. And a bunch of people came and grabbed me. Now, I'm a novice. I'm only born again less than a year. In fact, I probably think it was about six months. And they said, oh, oh, Joe, could you come over here and pray with us? We're going to pray in agreement for our pastor to get a plane. And I'm thinking to myself, what does this guy need a plane for? <laughs> he lives in Tom's River. <laughs> so I was the last person they should have pulled into this and probably... The man lived and died, never got the plane. It was probably my fault, because I was not. <laughs> I was not in agreement. Not that, listen, listen, not that I'm, I want to begrudge this man. That had nothing to do with that. I wasn't mad that he's asking for a plane. I couldn't catch the vision for it. You can't just pray with anyone, especially if it involves something that you're going to walk in in the future something that God's already spoken to you, you've got to be careful who you pray with when it comes to this kind of stuff. Now, and we're talking about healing. Now, you come up from the doctors, the doctor gives you really bad news, but you're on the inside going, no, I, that's what he said, and I respect the doctor, that he's doing his job, but I know that I know that I know. And then you grab somebody to pray with you, you've shared with them, and while you're praying, they're going, oh, God, please, God, please don't take him home. Do we have agreement there? No. 
So you see what I'm talking about? Now, that's powerful, but you have to have somebody else that's praying with you that's in faith. Number three, and this is the one that's the most predominant way that healing is received, the laying on of hands, okay? That's why we place our hands with people when we're praying over them, especially for healing. It's the most prominent way, not only that we operate this way in the church age, but it's also very predominant in Jesus' life. You remember, uh, you remember, uh, let, me, let me just go here. Mark chapter 16, I'm trying to accomplish so much in a short period of time. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said to them, Jesus, this is the last statement he makes before he goes to heaven. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now watch, he's given, he's given these commands to the church, and he hasn't changed them. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. How many believers do I have in here tonight? Just a few. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents if they drink anything deadly. In other words, while you're going around doing your work for God, if anything deadly comes towards you, you're okay, okay? It will by no means hurt them. Watch this now. Look at this. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The day, watch this, the day that lays hands on the sick is the church. It's us. Turn to somebody, say, you to church. Okay? Now, the they, the church will lay hands on the sick, and they, the sick, will do what? Recover. Recover. That's a promise. Mark chapter 5, verse 22. You remember the famous story about that, that young girl, 12-year-old girl. Behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. He's the head of the synagogue. And when he saw him, when he, Jairus, saw him, Jesus, he, Jairus, fell at his, Jesus' feet and begged him earnestly, saying, watch this now, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Say this with me. Repeat after me. Ready? One, two, three. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. Now, that's not how it manifested. But that's where that man's faith was. Are you listening to me? Come on, give me your attention, because we don't have a lot of time left here. All right? The man's faith was, Jesus, you come to my house, and when you put your hands on her, she's going to be healed. But the fact is, by the time Jesus got there, she was dead. And so Jesus doesn't lay hands on her. Jesus speaks to her, commands the spirit of death to come off of her, commands her spirit to come back in the body. And the only time he touched her was when he took her hand, when she woke up and presented her back to her parents. All right, listen now. Why did I bring up? Well, because you can come to God having faith in one thing, in one way. But God may use a, a different way to bring that manifestation. So you can't, you know, Jairus, you understand, you go, oh, what are you doing? I told you to lay hands on her. Jesus went, why don't you, you know, you do your job, I'll do my job. Okay? You got this? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Many different ways. Don't get stumbled if God chooses to use a different way to bring your healing. The important part is that you receive it. Number four, gifts of healings. Okay? This is what I talked about before, the gifts of the Spirit. Now, a lot of us know the fruit of the Spirit, but don't go mixing up the fruit of the Spirit with the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are the evidence that the Holy Spirit's in you. The gifts of the Spirit is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is alive and working and loves his people. Are you listening to me? Yes. So, so that's always going to seem weird to you. 
because it's different. It is not natural. It is supernatural. It is above, super, above natural. You got, you got this? I'm going to have to teach on this. You guys are going to have to remind me in the new year. Now, because a lot of people don't know about this, and so they think that a person is operating in the power of the Holy Spirit because they're nice. You're mixing up the gifts. You're mixing up the fruit with the gifts. Well, they must have said the power of the Holy Spirit is really alive in that person because, you know, they're peaceful. I'd rather have somebody rambunctious and know how to operate in the supernatural. Because if, if I'm laying in bed and I'm sick, I don't care how peaceful you are. I want you to get me healed. Two different things. Now watch this now. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. I ask for the teaching anointing tonight. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. That's not the regular faith like you got born again. To another, look at this, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. And then the rest of them are another list of this. Now, the thing that we predominantly see, especially in our church, is the word of knowledge. Tonight was a word of knowledge to come up and offer to people the opportunity to get relief from ungodly, kingdom of darkness pressure. And it was already breaking. It was already breaking. While we were worshiping, it was already breaking. So, so the word of knowledge is when God speaks to someone about something that is either taking place right then or something that has happened in the past. Now, the word of wisdom pertains to the future. Those, in, I don't know, in my opinion, I see those as being the predominant gifts that are operating in the church right now in this age, in this age. Gifts of healings are when a person gets healed and nobody could take credit for it. It just comes out of nowhere. It's just a supernatural move of God where the Holy Spirit just, for whatever reason, I don't know, I can't explain it, but I will tell you this about the gifts in general. You usually don't even realize they're operating until after it happens. Then you go, oh, wait a minute. That was the gifts of the Spirit in operation. When you're in it, it's almost like you're just walking out, you're not aware. Then after you go, oh, wait a second, that's what happened there. I'm not going to ask you to completely understand it. I will teach on it more in the new year, I promise you. Okay? So the gifts of the Spirit are a description of many ways that the Holy Spirit manifests or produce results in the life of a believer. Now, let me give you an example very, very quickly. Listen. John chapter 5. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, has five porches. In there lay a great multitude. Say great multitude. Great great multitude is more than a couple, right? So there's a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped first after stirring the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5. Now a certain man, say that, certain man. A certain man. How many men is a certain man? One. In the midst of a what? Multitude. How many people are there that are sick, paralyzed, lame, deaf? Multitude. So there's a whole group of people there, a bunch of people. There's a whole crowd. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit targets one person. Don't ask me why. I don't know. When you get to heaven, you can ask. 
I'll be behind you. <laughs> There's a certain man who was there who had an infirmity, some type of a sickness, some type of weakness, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he already had been in that condition a long time, how did Jesus know? By the Holy Spirit, okay? Remember, Jesus operated as man on the earth, okay? He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, to answer him, sir, I have no man here. Here's a guy now who's gotten fixated. He's obsessed with the way he's going to get healed. He's convinced that unless he gets into that water, he's going to stay paralyzed. Jesus said, you made well? Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down and before me. Well, my question would have been, and please, I'm not trying to be uh, just blasphemous here, but dear God, in 38 years, you couldn't crawl? 38 years, you couldn't make your way. Gee, you know, because some people get, they get settled in their sickness. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So that was a, that was a tough one. But now watch this now. Is there any indication that this man knew who Jesus was? No. Is there any indication this man has any faith? No. In fact, the opposite is more true. When offered the opportunity, the first thing he did was give an excuse why he's not healed. Did you catch that? Oh, I, I, man, I, this should have been a whole series. When, as soon as he was offered healing, he made an excuse why he can't get it. Thank God for the mercy of God. So this is the gifts of healing in operation. Now, let me, let me explain this to you. Just hold, just hold on to this, because someday I pray that God's going to reveal this even more to you. Now, watch this now. How many people were sick? How many people got healed? Jesus being a man on this earth. Now, we know he's 100% God, 100% man, but he is committed to operate as man on the earth could not go beyond what the Holy Spirit had shown him. Are you, are you watching? Are you, are, you, are you listening? He could only deal with that one man. Now, we don't know later if some of those other people might have got healed. Who we, we don't know. For we know that guy could have picked up the healing anointing on his life, came back the next day and cleared out the whole place. We don't know that. But we know this. If Jesus was obligated to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, then we need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. For instance, can I just throw this at you? Don't get mad at me, please. I'm just trying to help. When an altar call is given for healing, don't come up. Can you pray for my dog? Can you pray for my finances? That's not what's going on here. Wait until everything else is done. And then come and say, listen, I, I know this was for healing here, but, you know, my situation is over here. Okay, well, then let's pray. Because, because, again, if the Holy Spirit gave us instruction, pray for the sick. It's not that he's not willing to help you, but do things in decency and order. How do you know that the person that's standing behind you or next to you might be in excruciating pain and you're worried about where your paycheck's going to come from? Is this too common sense? Is it too real? You see what I'm saying? Let's do things in order and decency. Uh, all right. Oh, Lord. 
Okay, I got to skip over a lot of stuff here, okay? But, but you, see, you see what I'm talking about, right? Verse five, yeah, number five, special anointings. Let me have a handkerchief, please. Acts chapter 19. Now, I don't know why, but we have great success with this. And, you know, uh, other churches that I was a part of, the first church I was a part of, I never even knew about this. Acts 19, verse 11. Now, God worked unusual. Say that, please, unusual. So, so now, unusual miracles. Man, if you've got a miracle, and a miracle is spectacular, imagine an unusual miracle. That's like super spectacular, okay? Unusual miracle by the hands of Paul. By the hands of who? Paul. By the hands of Paul. Can you put your name in there too? Yeah. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. You catching this? Now, again, I don't know why, but this one here, the Holy Spirit uses a lot in our midst. I don't know why. I don't know what's the difference between this and the oil. I don't know. But I'll always be careful to say, make sure that you understand, there is nothing magical about this cloth. It's just a piece of cloth from China. That's all it is. <laughs> or Japan or someplace like that. Now, what is the significance of this? Watch this. Watch. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. Talking about this woman who had a hemorrhage in her body for 12 years. When she, the woman who was sick, heard about Jesus, when she did what? Come on, pay attention because you're going to get something here. When she what? Heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Verse 28, for she what? Said, said, if only I may touch his what? Clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain or the source of her blood, the bleeding, was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around the crowd and said, who touched my what? Clothes. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit is real. The power of the Holy Spirit is tangible. In fact, tonight, before service, I did something I don't remember doing in recent past. I asked the prayer team to gather around and lay hands on me and pray for me before the service. I don't know who it was, somebody's hand was so hot, the heat was just coming off of that person, that individual, and just going right down my back. So, so I believe that the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I don't want to say was deposited because it's already there, but was stirred up. When Paul would preach, the power of the Holy Spirit would get stirred up, and it would reside on his clothing. And they would take these handkerchiefs, and bring them to people. I can't tell you how many success testimonies of healing, of deliverance that we have heard in the past 21 years. The mo- Mimi, are you here tonight? Mimi. No, not you. Mimi. Mimi Milton. Mimi. She's not here. We have a, a young lady in this church who, a relative, suffered a terrible accident. Young lady, 19, 20 years old. They didn't expect her to live. She's in a coma. They said, she's never going to come out of this coma. She contacted me on a Saturday night. She said, Pastor, I'm going to be in church tomorrow. Would you please pray? Can we pray over the cloth? I want to bring it to She's in Beth Israel Hospital up in Newark, I believe it is. Okay? She's never going to come out of this coma. 
They're talking about pulling the plug, the whole bit. Mimi says, don't do anything until I get up there. Okay, now watch this now. The parents grabbed onto this by faith. 12 o'clock service, the end of the 12 o'clock service. She's sitting over there. She comes up to me. She's, uh, I said, I had the cloth here. I had it with me the whole time I was preaching. I said, let's pray. She's sitting in the second row, right behind Lorraine over here, with her daughter. She steps around. We pray. We're laying hands on this cloth. As we finish, in Jesus' name, her phone rings. The girl's opening her eyes. Two weeks ago, she showed me a video of this young lady getting out of the bed. They said, pull the plug. She'll never walk. She'll never wake up. She's going to be in a coma. The thing hadn't even got there yet. I said, bring that up there. Pin it to her bed. Put it under her pillow. Put it on her head like a a hank. I don't care what you do. Progressively, she's been getting better and better and better. They would have buried her months ago. Special anointings. Number six. The last one I have for you for tonight. Speaking by faith. Speaking in faith, which goes back to the very first one. The anointing with oil. Are any sick among you? You should call for the elders of the church and come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. Such a prayer offered in what? Faith. Faith. Will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. This is, let me tell you, this is why I put this last, because this is the way we're supposed to receive from God in a way that glorifies him the most. See, we, we want hands laid on us. We want hands laid on us for everything. Pa- Pastor, lay your hands on me so uh, I can get a million bucks. Pastor, lay your hands on me so the right relationship will come into my life, the right spouse. Pastor, lay your hands on me. We want touch. We love touch. We're just, we're just made that way. And that's why predominantly, we see healing ministered by the laying on of hands. But how much more does it glorify God when we just say, if you said it, I believe it, and I receive it? Because remember, remember, all God has ever wanted from us is our trust and our faith. And that's what Adam and Eve took from God and placed it into, into the devil. Took the trust they had for God and put it elsewhere. And all God has wanted ever since that time is to know that we trust him, that we would take him by his word. Amen? Mark chapter 11, verse 20. Oh, God, we don't have time for this. Are you guys going to hang out for a couple of minutes? You sure? All right, I promise I'll get it done. It's, uh, uh, I'll stop when I'm done. Mark eleven twenty. Now in the morning as they passed by, they, Jesus including the disciples, saw the fig tree dried up as its roots. If you don't know the story, the day before Jesus passes by the same spot, he's looking for fruit, he's hungry, the tree has no fruit on it, he curses the tree. Now there's a whole other story, backstory behind it. But he curses the tree, they hear him curse the tree, they probably thought, maybe, he, maybe he's so hungry this morning, he's getting like a little dizzy, because he's talking to trees, okay? He curses the tree because it had no fruit. The next day, within 24 hours, this tree is dried up from the roots. That's one thing for the leaves to dry up. This thing's dried up from the roots. So it got the attention of the disciples. Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Would you say that with me as loud as you can? 
Have faith in God. He goes on to say, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he has. You see it? You see it? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Did he say maybe? Did he say sometimes? He said you will. He said we will. And whenever you stand, now here it goes, watch this now, because here's why some people don't receive. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Matthew chapter 8. Can I give you one more? So did you see the connection there? He says this mountain, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is. Jesus is not talking about just a physical mountain. Jesus is talking about what is the obstacle in your life? What is the problem? If this is here, he wanted fruit, there's no fruit. He spoke to it, cursed it, and they saw the results. What is your mountain? I don't know. Your mountain may be very different than my mountain. Okay, but the fact is, Jesus said, in the context of receiving results, speak to it. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe that you receive whatever you're asking for, and you'll have it. So when are you going to do the believing? After you pray or before you pray? Before you pray. Too many people want to pray and then believe. He just told you not to do that. He just said, this is the order. When you get to the place where you know that you know that you know that the word of God is true as, as it pertains to that promise, he said, that's when you pray. That's when you speak. Okay? Uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Can you give me two more minutes? Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Anybody remember this one? Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. I guess it's time's up. The organ is playing. Lord, I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. Listen, who's making this declaration? Is Jesus making this declaration? No, the centurion, a Roman, a non-Jew, is making this declaration. I don't need you to come to my house. I don't need you to lay hands on my daughter, on my servant. I don't need you to, to, to anoint him with oil. I don't need you to, to spit in the mud and put it in his eyes. I don't need you to do any of this stuff. You just say the word. And my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. Do you realize that every place else in the New Testament, it says that the people marveled? When they saw miracles, when they saw signs and wonders, when they saw spectacular things happen, and they all marveled. But this one got Jesus to marvel. When you get Jesus to marvel, it is something extraordinary. Are you listening to me? And what got, what got Jesus to marvel? The fact that this man, without any evidence in front of him, this, this servant is still suffering, paralyzed. He makes a declaration. I just need you to speak, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, this one's got faith. This one's got faith. So, most people under Jesus' ministry received their healing by faith. 
Go study the Word. Go study the New Testament. This is tied to receiving and speaking. Your healing is in your mouth. It's up to you to release it. Mark chapter 10, verse 52, blind Bartimaeus. Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Mark chapter 5, you remember? She heard. She spoke. She received. She heard about Jesus. She said, if it worked for that person, it's going to work for me. If I could just get to him and then she touched the bottom of his robe, I shall be made whole. What did Jesus say to her? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Are you catching this? So for the past eight weeks, we've been studying all this stuff. And the fact of the matter is, we're expected to receive by faith. Sometimes it happens like this. Sometimes it takes time, but when it takes time, it's not on God's end. It's on our end. There are some times it needs to go from here to here. And that's why we have to hear the word and hear the word. Come on, are you getting this? And hear the word and hear the word and hear the word. And then one day, all of a sudden, it goes, poof. Oh, wow. That's when you pray and that's when you receive. Well, pastor, I don't have that kind of time. I don't know if I can wait. Then get in the word. Well, I think I'll just hang out and see if one of those special healings will take place. You're not guaranteed that. They're as the Spirit wills. Are you listening to me? So if you're just going to hang out and do nothing and just expect one day just something's going to come over and you're going to get healed, you can't believe for that. Are you, are you hearing what I'm understanding? You cannot just believe for that. Now, we can position. There's not a service that goes by that I say, Father, whatever you want to do, I'll run with it. But I can't make it happen. But trust me, if I could make it happen, we'd be meeting in a 10,000-seat amphitheater right now. Those things are as the Spirit wills. I suspect that God wants us to cooperate with him to receive our healings so that we change on the inside, so that we learn something, not from the sickness, but that we learn from the Word, that we get the Word in us. Why? Because after you come out of your situation and you're healed, now you take that word that you have now deposited in you and you've saturated yourself with the word of God as it pertains to healing. And guess what? There's a whole lot of sick people all over the place that need healing. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.